That's it? Oh, yeah. Can hear myself. Good morning, everyone. Just want to thank Pastor James and his lovely wife, leadership, for inviting us here. I think um, some, of you should sit, some of you should sit in the front. They don't come and ask you for offering in the front. So any time when you don't bring an offering, come and sit in the front of you. <laughs> I'll put it back in my pocket now. <laughs> go to McDonald's after. <laughs> but it's been a joy and a privilege to be come, come here and be able to minister you to you. I got my son with me tonight, today, Sean. When you get a bit older, not get old, when you get a bit older, it's good to have the younger one to come and show for you around. Yeah. Sean has 11 children. So I'm proud to say that I'm a grandfather, even though I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> of 11 grandchildren. And how many great-grandchildren, Sean? Eight. Eight great-grandchildren. And still only 55, praise God. <laughs> Father, forgive me for telling lies here. But it's, it's great to be here with you. Um, it's always a pleasure to come into the house of the Lord. To see God's choices, people. And to realize that we're all one family. Whether we're black, white, or galvanized, we all belong to the body of Christ. Isn't that true? Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, whether you're educated or uneducated, to become part of the, part of the body of Christ is the greatest privilege that anyone can have. Isn't that true? So I'm going to preach this morning. Pastor James, how, many, how much time do I have? 11 o'clock. I'll be only half finished. But, Sean, can you keep an eye on me? doesn't matter if I'm halfway through, okay? When we were taught, I, I wasn't, we never went to Bible college. I wanted to, but we didn't have the money to. That's what happens sometimes in the body of Christ. God, you want to do something, but you don't have the money, so you just don't go. And so, um, we went into ministry. Um... And in that time, God, the Holy Ghost, has been just with us. Remember, we had old Tommy Evans come and train us at our, our house. And he sat with Ada and I for three, three months. And he was teaching us how the PNG natives, how he taught them in PNG, how to sharpen a spear. And then you, when you finish the words like that, when you got the, the last point, you, you jab it in so that everybody got, walks away with one point. Well, we never had that because after three nights, he come and sat with Ada and I and he said to us, kneel down here. And so we knelt before him. He said, listen, I don't want to embarrass you. He said, but you two are the two of the dumbest students I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> he said, so what I'll do, I'll pray with you and commit you to the Holy Ghost. And that was 39 years ago. And so I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 
Amen? So that's what I want to preach on this morning, reading from John chapter 15. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. So if I don't get one point, I just preach like a porcupine. There'll be a lot of points. So, Sean, you sing after me at 11 o'clock, eh? John chapter 15. And here is Jesus Christ beginning to teach on the, on the, on the, on the Holy Ghost. And John chapter 16, sorry, did I say 15 or 16? Oh, 16. And he says in verse 1, I have told you before these things so that you should not be offended, taken unawares and fodder, or be caused to stumble and fall away and keep you from being scandalized and repelled. They will do this and they will do that to you. He said, but in verse 4, but I told you these things, not now, now so, that when they occur, you remain remember that I told you of them. So Jesus is saying to us, he's teaching into the Holy Ghost, telling us about the Holy Ghost. He's saying, listen, one thing you need to know, that if you're going to follow the Spirit of God, you want to be led by the Holy Ghost, you're going to be offended. There's no way you're going to avoid being offended. Whether it's from the pastor or his wife, or from anybody else in this church, stay in this church long enough, and someone is going to offend you. He said, I'm telling you this. You're going to be, a, it's a given. Don't be surprised. There is always someone who's going to step on your toes or get on your goat. And sometimes it's the closest ones to you. Sometimes it's a, you can take it from the ones further away apart because, oh, they're, they're over there. They're not. But when it's one who's close to you, they offend you. Remember when it happens. Don't be surprised by it. If you want to be led and follow the Holy Ghost, you say, God, bring it on. <laughs> Jesus, you promised me this. See, we want all the lovely promises of Jesus Christ, but this is one of them. He says, don't be offended. When you want to be led by the Holy Ghost, someone is going to offend you. And there are people sitting out there because they've been offended, not in this church, but them other churches. <laughs> there are people who are sitting out there in other churches who should be in this church because they've been offended. I'm not talking about this church, I mean our church. But if they believe what Jesus Christ said, they would realize that offenses must come. Jesus said offenses in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter, where is it? John, James, I've got to use this now, this technology, not because I'm smart, because I can't read my own writing now. <laughs> and I get up there and thinking, now what is that? What did I write there? <laughs> so someone told me, you need to get on this thing. It's taken me harder and longer to prepare a message. I'm right up till Saturday night trying to prepare and write it all in. When I write it all down, I could two days and I'm all over it. But now I've got to go through all this stuff. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 17, 18, 7, and Matthew 17, 1, 
that offences must come. So the moment you desire to be led by the Spirit of God, say, Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me, then realize that something's going to happen. Someone's going to come your way that's going to offend who's going to offend you. Whether it's your family, whether it's your children, thank God for children, but God uses them sometimes to bring offenses in our lives. And everybody whispered. <laughs> and sometimes it could be come, coming from your wife. Ada's not here today because I can say that. And it could come from your husband, but offenses must come. As long as you continue to come to this church, you're going to be offended. Okay? Now, our attitude is very important. See, offenses locks us in. When it locks us in, it keeps everybody out when we're offended. Offenses deceives you into thinking that you are right and everybody else is wrong. Offenses make it that way that you believe that no one loves you, no one understands you, they can't understand what's going on, and so you can't reach out to them because no one has the answer for your problem. And you're locked into that, you close everybody out. And the Father's word today if when it happens, don't brood on it. Once you brood on something, you give life to it. You give energy to that thing. Don't give in to it. Don't give way to it. Recognize that offenses is the result of a spirit. So you need to just say, no way. I refuse to be offended. I will not be offended because I've got a purpose and destiny in God to fulfill. Hallelujah. Now, in read in chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said, However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, it's good, it's expedient, it's advantage for you that I go away, because if I do not go away, the comforter, hallelujah, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you and close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Jesus says the Holy Ghost is all of that and we need the helper, we need the advocate, we need someone to intercede for us, we need a strengthener, we need someone to stand by us. He said we'll come to you, but when he comes, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Now, the most important person on planet Earth to you and I is the Holy Ghost. The most important person to the church is the Holy Ghost. The most important person to this church is the Holy Ghost. The most important person to this church, to you and to you and to you and to you and to all of us, is the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, it's the most expedient for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I can't send him to you. But when I send him to you, he, will be, he wants to be in close fellowship with you. Turn around and say to someone, have you spoken to him this morning? <laughs> if he has sent him to us, and he wants the Holy Ghost to be in close fellowship with us, 
then we need to have close fellowship with him. We need to be talking to him. He said it's the best thing that can happen to you. That the Holy Ghost comes. And like I said, when Pastor T.L. committed us to the Holy Ghost 39 years ago, I thank God that there are things that I needed someone to stand with me and someone to stand beside me and someone to intercede for me and someone to be my advocate when I went through every time and every situation. I needed the Holy Ghost. And so the, I had to, Jesus says he wants to develop a close and intimate relationship with you and I. He wants to come in close to us. He wants intimacy with us. He wants to whisper the things of God into our hearts. Hallelujah. He wants to have communion with us. Communication with us. He wants to take you. When you leave here, he wants to talk to you. When you get in your car, he wants to talk to you. If he doesn't talk to you, your situation and your circumstance will talk to you. Especially when someone cuts you off. The Holy Spirit will say, careful now when you go to that street, someone's going to cut you off. If you don't listen to him, when they cut you off, even though you've come out of church, there's things that will come out of your mouth that hasn't been inspired, inspired by the Holy Ghost. It's been inspired by another ghost. So he wants to talk to you. When you get up tomorrow morning, he wants to have a yarn with you. When you go to work, he wants to talk to you. Oh, hallelujah. If this is all you get today from me, is that the Holy Ghost wants to talk to you 24-7, well, I've done my job. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, See, he's the most neglected person on the planet. Thank God for Jesus Christ, for his work of, on the cross of Calvary. Thank God we had a father who sent the son so that we might be redeemed. But the Spirit of God is the most neglected person, even though Jesus said, it's important for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, he won't be able to have close fellowship with you. You'll be trying to have a communication between this world and another world. But there's no way that you can have communication between this world and that other world unless there is a, a go-between between you and that other world. And the Bible talks about it in Romans 8. says, he is the one who takes our prayers and takes them up to the Father and takes them to the Son, and they hear those prayers and they answer those prayers. But it's the Holy Spirit. He is God's mouthpiece. He is God's spokesman to you on planet Earth. I pray today, that as you leave, when you leave this place, that you'll develop an intimate relationship with the Holy Ghost. Before I go to bed every night, I kneel down on my 
beside my bed. And I say, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for opening that doors. Thank you. Just, you just helped me when I went and stood in that shop. And they, I was standing there for five minutes. And they come and serve that person. I could have raved and said, yes, yeah, just because I'm black. Maybe they didn't see me. I can bring out the black thing all the time. If I don't allow the Holy Spirit to come, then I realize that in Christ, <laughs> there is not a male nor female, black nor white, Jew nor Gentile. We're all one in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. See, I, I need the Holy Ghost. I, I need the Holy Ghost to take what I say to you that will be profitable for you. You need the Holy Ghost to anoint your ears so that you can hear what the Spirit of God is trying to say to you. That's why Jesus says to the seven churches, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Let him hear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Because see, there's, the Spirit of God is talking. He's always talking. He doesn't stop talking. He's a continual talker. He's sometimes like, no, nah, I better not say that. <laughs> but he just constantly talks to us. But because sometimes we're not aware of his presence and we haven't disciplined and trained ourselves to hear his voice, we don't hear him until after we go through that situation and then we think, man, oh man. Yeah, I, I think God said something to me about this yesterday. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is always right on time. Amen? So he wants to lead us. He wants to guide us 24-7. I need the Holy Ghost. Close, intimate relationship with you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for this church. Father, tonight, today, I pray that the power of the Spirit of God would inundate, infiltrate every spirit today. Lord, that what I say today will touch and reverberate around their hearts, that they will recognize your word and what you have said in your word, that we might be changed from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to say the Holy Ghost to us and in us must have priority over our ministry for him. Our, the Holy Ghost ministry to us and in us must always have priority over our ministry for him. It says in, in verse 7, he is the spirit of truth. Verse 13 in the Amplified says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. See, church, no matter what you hear, no matter what you read, if the Holy Ghost doesn't lead you and guide you into truth, then no one else can. You can hear the word, but if the Holy Spirit don't take that word and lead and guide you into all truth, then all the word will remain in your heart, in your mind. It's only the Holy Spirit that can lead and guide us into truth. Only he has the capacity because he is the spirit of truth. 
No one else, no one else can enforce truth on you. Only the Holy Ghost. We have to be led into truth by the Holy Spirit. What does it say in verse 13? When he, the spirit of truth, the life truth, he will guide you into, into all truth, the whole truth, the full truth, for he will not speak on his own message or his own authority, but he will tell you what he hears from the Father. He will give you the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are come that will happen in your future. So we need the Holy Spirit constantly speaking to us. We need to hear what he's speaking to us so with that we can hear the Father, what the Father is saying to us. Now, how do we know that it is the Holy Ghost? We know it's the Holy Ghost because he is the spirit of truth. If we are led by the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, he can't lead you anywhere else but to the truth because he is the spirit of truth. So many times we hear people say, oh, well, the Holy Ghost tell me this, or God told me this, God told me that. But when you look at, listen to it, something in your heart's saying, but that's, that's contrary to the Word of God. Yeah. And you say, oh, but, but this scripture says, no, no, we just believe God told us that. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's the Holy Ghost, he's always going to lead you to truth. He can't deny himself. He can't violate himself. He can't lead you against something that he himself is. And church, in these last days, we need to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying. Because there are so many people in the body of Christ now that are getting all strange ideas and saying, God sent them here and God said this and God And when you look thinking, God, you must have changed your mind. God, you said that, some, that to them last month. You changed, you, but the word says you're the God that changed changes not oh okay so you didn't change your mind no no they didn't hear from me they changed their mind jesus says i am the same yesterday today and forever so he's not not going to change that's the awesome thing about the word of god being a part of a christian we serve a god who doesn't change his mind We serve a Jesus who never changes. Hallelujah. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So you know what he says today. It's going to be the same what he's saying tomorrow. You know what he says next year is going to be the same what he says last year. Hallelujah. He's not going to flip-flop all over the place. And that's where we can rest our confidence and our faith in is in this God who says the same thing continuously. Oh, hallelujah. You can't depend on your pastor. He changes his mind sometimes. I say to Ada, but you said that yesterday. Yeah, but I can change my mind. I said, you can't. She said, listen, I'm a woman. (laughs) But you can't change your mind because you're unstable. I can change my mind because I'm a woman. You change, oh, okay, okay. God, I need you here. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in all this scenario? He said, just love her, just love her, just love her. (laughs) You ain't going to understand her. We've been married for 50 years this year. You ain't going to understand her. Brother, you're not going to understand your wife ever. (laughs) Don't ever think you can. You're, You're fooling yourself. 
you're never going to understand it. See, when God made Eve, he put Adam to sleep. (laughs) And he took Eve out of her side. Adam still haven't woken up. (laughs) Eve is walking around all... (laughs) And Adam's still sleeping in many places. But you're never going to understand it anyway. I don't know where I was going, but... The Holy Spirit, he is going to lead us into all truth. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, I am the what? Truth. So the Holy Ghost is going to lead us to who? Jesus Christ. If he is going to lead you to truth, so if he is leading us to Jesus Christ, that means, and he's leading us there constantly, that means we're going to become more Christ-like. Isn't that true? More like Jesus. Hallelujah. The more you be led to him, you'll become more Christ-like. And we know we still got a long way to go. We know we're not we're a long way from the finished product. I know in my own life I've been 1971 I first gave my life to the Lord. And I think sometimes, man, Lord, I must be that far of Christ-likeness. And then Ada will say something, and I'll say something. And she'll say, wow, Dad, where did that come from? And I'm thinking around, there's only two of us here. (laughs) And I go away and say, sorry, Lord. I didn't realize that I was so yucky inside. I thought I was really, really good. I thought butter and milk would come out of my mouth. But I found out some other stuff's coming out. And that's why I say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, lead me to the Christ. Lead me to that rock that is higher than I. Lead me to Jesus Christ. The Bible says, but we all with open face, the Holy Spirit leads us to his word. But we all with open face beholding the Lord. As in a glass, the glory of the Lord, we are changed into his same image. Lead us to Christ. He wants to lead us to the word. Second thing he does, he leads us. John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. He's going to lead us to the word. Now, I want to say this. I believe it's very important. If you are going to fulfill God's calling on your life, you must understand the primary purpose of the Holy Ghost is leading to you to Jesus and to the Word. His desire is, is to lead you to Jesus Christ, the Word, for relationship, for fellowship, and for intimacy. If it's the Holy Spirit that's leading you, before anything else, He's going to lead you to Christ the person and Christ the Word. His word. That's where he's going to lead you to. You know. Remember Jesus says to the disciples. And they come and he says. Listen, do you love me? He says to Peter. Do you love me more than these? See Peter at that point. Jesus knew what he was talking about. Jesus, Jesus before that. Loved what was happening. He loved the ministry. He loved what he was doing. That's why. When he went back to it, when he, back, he went back to it, Jesus comes and says, do you love me, the person, more than what you're doing for me? Do you love me more than what you can do for you? 
do you love me? Hallelujah. See, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into a deep, loving relationship to the God who hung on the cross of Calvary for you and I. Amen. So that we can have intimacy with him. See, when you led into, when you, the Holy Spirit leads you to the word and he becomes our priority, then it doesn't matter if our ministry doesn't look successful in other people's eyes. Even if it doesn't look successful in our own eyes. Even if our own ministry doesn't turn out like we make it and if we feel like we're losers and walk away from it if if the holy spirit leads us to jesus christ and we walk into a loving relationship with him we say god i'm being successful That's it. i don't care what people say about me and my ministry i mean i think about myself i don't know how i've been in ministry for 39 years I'm just thinking, man, sometimes I can't even get my words right properly. I, I hardly listen to myself. I get depressed when I listen to myself sometimes. I don't understand why people come every Sunday and listen to me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, God, there must be something in this thing about the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Because they show up every Sunday. And not only that, they put their money in, 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 the, in the bag for me to, for me to live. God, you are so awesome. I might not be very successful, but God, there's something about your life in me. There's something about this Holy Spirit person that makes me better and bigger than what I really am. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. See, he will, so even if our ministry doesn't seem to work out, we just can rest content. Go home in the night say, thank you, God. Lord Jesus, I messed it up today. But I'm coming back to you again tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. And just to tell you that I love you. And I'm here because of you. I'm not here because anybody else hung on the cross. You hung on that cross for me. And because of that, next Sunday, I'm going to put on my face again and go to that church that hurt me. And I'm going to front up again because I'm going to meet with you and I'm going to meet with your Holy Ghost and I'm going to meet the Father and you've got all those other kids that I never choose to be there but God, I'm going there because you're there. Hallelujah. Do you love me, Pete, more than you, more than you love all this other stuff? You know, church, I want to just share a bit of testimony, not that it's any glory to me, but Ada and I have been in ministry for 45 years. That's when we first got saved. The first night I got saved, I believe I was in ministry. I had a, I had a tes testimony and a witness about the goodness of God. And I remember I was working with my cousins. We used to work out. I, I really didn't air, and we work out at Hewenden. So every second Monday night, we'd go in the car. And when I got saved on a Sunday afternoon, uh, Monday afternoon, I was ready to go back to work. Ada and I had had a, had a marriage. We were separated for two years. We came back again, together again, and things were still sort of rocky. And so 
this Sunday, Ada got saved about three months before, then I got saved, and this Monday afternoon, I was ready to go back to work, and the Holy Spirit come to me and says, go and give your life to Jesus. And I thought, oh, okay. So I went to the pastor, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I said to him, he said, now, after he prayed for me, I went through a sinner's prayer, and he says, how do you feel? And I said, oh, I feel awesome. He said, well, brother, it doesn't go by feelings. It goes by faith. And when I walked, I said, I don't care what you said. I feel awesome. I feel good. I feel clear. I feel like somebody washed me on the inside. So I went back and he said to me, as soon as you go back with your cousins tonight, you're on ministry. You tell them immediately that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. So two hours away, I'm driving. I'm still thinking, I've got to tell these guys. I've got to tell these guys that I gave my life to Jesus so all at once, about two hours later, I said, hey, listen, you guys, I won't be with you no more. And they said, oh, what, you getting another job? No, I just won't be with you. Oh, oh, why aren't you with us? You're not coming to work no more. No, 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 it's all, you know how fear gets up when you first saved and you want to share something with your cousins and with your family? And you're frightened? Why should you be frightened of your family? Huh? That doesn't make sense. You grew up with them, you know them all. Why are you frightened of them? Who's frightened of family? Tell family. Huh? Yeah. Anybody frightened to tell family? God deliver you from a spirit of family fright. <laughs> and I was there thinking, so I said to this guy, nah, nah, I gave my life to Jesus. You know, sort of dribbled out of sight of my mouth sort of thing. And my nephew that's sitting next to me turned the light on. And he said, you don't look any different. And all the other guys in the back started laughing. They said, oh, one last you long. You know, you're a one-hit wonder. It won't last long. You'll be back with us and won't last long. Well, it's been 45 years since it's been like that. Because I thank God. I thank God that when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, it was nothing that just come out of my mouth. Somehow the Holy Ghost took that word and brought it and made it real in my heart. And from that moment on, I was in ministry. And you know, since that time, I've been into PNG. We've been into New Zealand. We've been into Torres Strait. I've been into South Africa. I was telling our sister there, we went into South Africa. That's the first time I've ever been frightened of black people in my life. <laughs> I've grown up with black people. My mum, dad... My mum and dad are black. My sisters are black. Everybody in my house is black. When I got into South Africa, I thought, man, I'm scared of black people. I can understand some of those white people, how they're scared of us. I'm scared of them myself. <laughs> but we've been there all the time, and I realize that it's only because of the Holy Ghost, that he's kept me, he's protected me, He's gave me the words. He's told me the words to say. He inspired my heart. He woke me early in the morning. He went to bed with me at night. He's sitting there when I eat my food. He's there with me when I'm driving my car. He's there with me when I'm showered. He's walking all the... When I got these children, grandchildren... I mean, we have birthdays every month with, with 11 children and nine grandchildren, eight grandchildren. We're having birthdays every month. Sometimes two a month. 
And I'm thinking of bringing in a law, being legalistic about it, and saying, everybody that for the next three months, just hold it off and we'll have one birthday. <laughs> and the next three months, so we only have four birthdays during a year. But every time we got up, we get, we got all these birthdays coming on and all these kids coming on. And when, when we have birthdays, everybody, whoever has a birthday stands up there and everybody comes up and says something lovely about them. So I'm sitting there at the head of the table, me and my wife, because we are, the, we are the root of the tree and everybody else that comes off is in. And so we sit there and they all come up and they stand and everybody says something, say, Sean's birthday. Personally, I, I, I'm, I'm the last one to say something. But his children come up and then his grand, and even a little baby like that, they come up and they can't say nothing, but they understand. <laughs> we all give them a clap and give them a clap. So we're, we're, we're encouraging all our household to begin to declare good things about each other from an early age. But we want also the, them to know the power of the Holy Ghost, that even at a, at a, at a, at a tender age, they will realize. Because, see, I'll use many people, and especially black people, know more and are more fearful of, of spirit, their mother's spirit, than they are of the acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I don't know whether that's in white society too. Yeah. So you're more aware of the demonic than you are of the good stuff. And this thing, I believe, has to be trained in our own life. Because we can talk about hair standing up on the back of our neck and these birds singing out and dogs crying three times and another pussycat over there crying and weeping and whatever. But we miss what the Holy Ghost is saying in everything. Now, okay. <laughs> See, and all that time I knew, I mean, I, I never asked and I passed for an opportunity, never asked, try to open doors, never try and drop hints, you know, as some people are. Oh, you know, I really like to come to your place for a free day. Oh, I haven't come to your place. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, McDonald's up the road there. <laughs> people drop hints. And so, but I've never had to do that because I just believed in a God that says, he's the God that opened doors that no man can shut. And Lord Jesus, you said in your word, if I keep you, as the center of my attraction and I keep you in my vision, then whatever is your vision for me, you will open the doors for me. Holy Spirit, just keep me to keep Jesus Christ in the center of my vision as I walk through life. 11 o'clock, okay. Maybe a bit of close. That's all right if I close, it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> huh? I can close, James. We can go home. <laughs> oh? Do you want, you want me to keep talking? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Hosea says, I love Hosea. Hosea was a guy, he was a prophet, eh? And God told the prophet, you go and marry Goma, this woman. Guess where, Goma, where Hosea found her? She was a prostitute living on the streets. And so God says to the prophet, you go and marry Goma because I want to teach Israel a lesson. So Hosea goes and he gets his 
prostitute brings her into her house and has a child. After she has a child, she goes back into the streets again. Gets her, brings her out. Three, three, three children she has. Then he goes and finds her back in the street again. See, Gomer was brought up on the streets. When she came into the house, she didn't realize that there was a protocol that happens in the house. Every single house has a protocol. Isn't that true? I mean, when I come into your house, I don't walk into your house and say, Oh, thank you, bro. What's in the fridge? <laughs> oh, no, I don't like that. Oh, where's your bedroom? Oh, okay, I'm going I'm to have a lay down. Catch you in about 10 minutes. I'm just going to have a bit of a nap. Now, I realize that when I go into your house, there's a protocol that operates in there. Isn't that true? So when you come into the Lord's house, there's a protocol that happens. Amen? Now, Goma didn't realize the protocol. And so she, the only thing she knew was every time she had a baby, she'd go back prostituting. So God says to Goma, said to Hosea, go out and get her again. Heed the prophet standing at the door of the prostitute's house. He's waiting in turn for all these other guys with his wife. And after they all finish with her, he goes to her and pays the price of a slave. And he brings her back in his house. God's teaching Israel a lesson. And then he says, Then shall you know, if you follow on to know the Lord, this will happen and this will happen. What is he saying? I could do that because I knew the Lord. If I didn't know it was the Lord that was telling me, I would not violate his word by going and marrying a prostitute. But I knew the Lord said it. That's why I can do it. Even Abraham knew it was the Lord. When he goes, God says to him, go sacrifice your son. Totally against biblical principles. But Abraham went because he knew he heard from the Lord. The Holy Ghost told him this was the Lord. He wasn't just hearing out of his own mind, thinking, oh, I've got to sacrifice my son. No, no, it takes a big effort to take your son. And when he goes there, then God says, I've got my own son there. I just want to see whether you're willing to follow my word. I just want to willing. But I've got my own son. I don't need yours. I've got a better sacrifice than you have. Thank you, bro, for offering your sacrifice. But I've got the best. Amen. Hallelujah. So we go, you know, Job says, he esteemed his word. I've treasured your word more than my necessary food. I've treasured your word. More than my necessary food. Jeremiah says, your words were found and I did eat them. Amen. Hallelujah. See, they, they gave more attention to their word intake than they did about their food intake. No amens. <laughs> their word bill was more costly than their food bill. They spent more time in the word than they spent down at Woolies. Thy word, more than my necessary food. You are holding on. All of God's specials. Come on. A book full of specials. Don't worry too much about the people who come and drop the junk mail in. You go through and all the way the special. Here it is. All the specials that God can offer you. It's all here in the word. 
And the Holy Ghost wants to lead you to this. Psalm 23 says, He leads me beside. Verse 5 says, I walk through the valley of this. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Where does the Holy Ghost lead us to? Here is the table. This is what he's, he wants us to eat. This is the table. He prepares the table is his word. It's not over there. Thank God. When are we going over there, James? After this. Oh, well, I better hurry up then. <laughs> this is the table. And all our enemies are around us. And the Holy Ghost says, here it is. Lead you to this table. Eat your heart out. Make a glutton of yourself. When they're there screaming at you and saying thus and thus and thus, get into the world. Yum, 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 Lord. Where Yum. The Holy Ghost wants to lead us to it. I'll close with my testimony. Five more minutes, James. Five I've had in my life, the last one was 2004, I had five heart attacks. The last one was a, a triple bypass. That was in 2004. I had my trip booked for America, but I didn't know I was going to go because I had this triple bypass. But because of a lot of encouragement and womanly encouragement. We all know what womanly encouragement is. Yeah, okay. You can do it, Dad. You can do it, Dad. I believe you can do it, Dad. Yeah, but I just come out of oh, No, no, you can do it. Don't talk negative. So I went to, New, went to America. Then about six years ago, an old guy in our church gave us his house and his wife. And so, up in Mount Morgan. So, a couple of weeks after he gave us his house, oh, not a couple of weeks, about a month, or might have been a year after he gave us his house, he went into hospital. So, he said to Ada and I, he rung us, he said, can you and Ada come up? I'm in the hospital. His wife had passed away. And he, he was in um, um, where the old people are. And he brought out this paper. And he said, I've got my, my accountant here. He said, I want you to sign these papers. And I said to him, what for? He said, oh, we're giving you the house. We decide before D die that we're giving you this house. And I said, no, 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 I'm not going to sign that, man. If I sign the house before you die, all them black fellas say, yeah, you took him up there and in his old age, you made him sign these papers. <laughs> I, I, I thought, no way. And he said, look, just sign the papers. Don't be like a black fella. Just sign it. <laughs> so I signed the papers. My wife... And he went up to the house. The house is, they, they carpeted the house, fully furnished. The fridge was full. The fridge was full. Everything was full. Anyway, he was there for about three months. And then we had a, um, uh, I went up there for a week's holiday. When I went up there, I got sick. And I was up there thinking, God, you know, it's just this, it's just that. Then at the end of the night, a Sunday night, I called Sean and uh, Silla, my daughter, and said, can you come and pick us up? I can't drive. So they took us back, and Scylla said to me, she had me, and she said, Dad, you want to go to hospital now? No, I'm right, I'm right. I just keep believing God. So anyway, after a week, I'm just about out of it. Sean and another guy from the church come and picked me up, and I got the ambulance and took me to hospital. I'm in hospital, and then I'm laying there, and the doctor come and sees me, special come, and he says, uh, hey, you got a, you know, your kidneys are failing. He said, you've got two days to live. And I called 
I don't show up. I said, look, the doctor said I've got two days to live. Um, and I said, I said, I said, uh, I said, how do you feel about that? She said, no, how do you feel? I said, oh, I'm ready to go. Sean said, yeah, Dad, if that's how you want, I'm ready to go. During that time, another lady come up, and they said to, said to her, she said, oh, I've been making my will up, and you got 20000 I put $20,000 in, in, in my will for you and Ada. And I'm thinking, great. I've got two days to live. $20,000 promised, and I'm ready to cark it. <laughs> this is wonderful, God. I thank you, Lord. You could have gave me the $20,000 before you told this. You could have. If you would have asked me about the house and the kidneys, I would have took the kidneys. You could have kept the house, Lord. <laughs> the enemy now. When you're encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, the enemies come and say, you're a fool. You've been believing all this stuff for nothing. You've been, if you're living in a world of make-believe, here you are. Ready to cark it. Doctor says two days. By that day, it was, it was one day. He said, and you're ready to cark it. My daughter rung up from, yeah, she's come back, Scylla. I said, Dad, wait till I get there. Wait till I get there. Don't give me your word. I got there. She got there the day before. And she said, Dad, you can't die. I said, well, I already told Mum and Sean I want to die. Dad, you can't die. You got me. You got all the grannies. You got the great grand. You just can't die. The doctor come around. I said, sorry, Doc, I can't die. That's been six years ago. And I'm still going up the hospital three times a week, 15 hours a week. I've been doing that 52 weeks in a year for six years. And all that time, the enemy tells me what's going wrong. This is all a facade. You're not believing it's all wrong. But the Holy Ghost is saying, here, come to the table of the Lord. Come to the table of the Lord. He leads me back to this all the time. And any time I go through any stuff, I say, Holy Spirit, lead me to the Word again. Lead me to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't want to speak over my own life. I thought I was going to go, but apparently I wasn't going to go. I don't know whether I was supposed to go or I wasn't supposed to go. Or I know if, the, if I did go, I wouldn't be here speaking to you. And I wouldn't be able to give you this word, but trust in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Pastor John, James. Sorry, I went over 10 minutes, James. 